This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my fabulous co-host, the one, the only, Greg from Studio One Design. <laughs> I love it. Almost as good as the intro that Jason, our podcast editor from sonicpodcaster.com, <laughs> put together for the real magic verse, Kevin Rogers. Remember that one? Where he had the ding, oh, yeah, ding, the ding, ding. ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> we should ask him to make a few more custom ones, just to... You'll have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to come up with something cool just to spruce up the openings. Yeah, exactly. I'll put a few sound effects in here and there. <laughs> the listeners <laughs> can let us know if they're terrible or if they want more. <laughs> oh, don't, don't tempt Jason. He'll bleep us. He'll bring <laughs> us. He'll do all sorts of crazy things. Hi, Jason. How you doing, brother? I oh, love it. Cool. All right. So today we are starting on a little series that we've got planned for you, the listener, um, which is tied into. Greg's recent trip to traffic and conversion. Um, So that's going to be killer. He's going to tell us a little bit more about it as we get started. But as usual, before we hit our topic, Greg, what have you been up to this week? This week, I've actually been doing a bit of marketing. So yeah, I've just pretty much did some email marketing to my existing list of new leads that we've attracted through pay-per-click advertising. And yeah, just put an email offer together with a bit of scarcity. So I had a deadline of you know, midnight Friday last week. And yeah, we had 10 people take us up on the offer. So pretty happy with that. Yeah, you've got to be very happy with that. I mean, you know, it's interesting. People expect huge numbers sometimes, or they think that they don't need, they they can't do email campaigns without big numbers. But really, you know, 10 conversions to an offer, and then whatever your conversions are to full service, I'm presuming, is definitely worth the effort, isn't it? It is worth the effort, yeah. So it was really just three emails and wasn't to everybody. It was just the, the new people on, you know, so it was highly sort of targeted and relevant. And yeah, it was just an offer to get some bonuses. I just wanted to throw that in there to say, um, I'm talking to the listener now, don't offer a discount like we've discussed on a previous episode, but give them something else to if they take action by a, a certain time. And yeah, I offered a few bonuses in there so yeah it it worked yeah very nice very nice i uh, it's it's interesting you say that because i've you said that these are targeted emails to people who have responded from specific advertising which i think is really cool so that's segmenting your list and i actually i'm revamping rebuilding passion project that i've been working on for years now it's called photo trading card so Mm -hmm. My company, we we create footy cards, for lack of a better word, or trading cards, because they're not just footy. I mean, we do baseball, we do netball, we do all sorts of sports. And each player gets a stack of customized trading cards with their their annual sports photos with, you know, player statistics on it, a, a coach's comment, an action photo, a profile photo. And they're all commercially produced. And Kids go bananas for them. Parents love them because, you know, parents get really resentful having to shell out for these photos year in, year out and getting nothing truly special out of the, the photos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'm, I've come to a, a point with this passion project where I've decided it's actually not 
fair on the kids of Australia and the families of Australia for me to keep this so small scale being a, a passion project. Good on so what you, I'm Al. doing is like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rewriting our, our marketing. I just came up with like 20 different headlines that we're going to, we're going to test at, at the beginning of this winter season to see mm-hmm. what attracts uh, customers. And my, we're rewriting all the standard operating procedures to bring them into one concise series of mini documents that go together to become one document because it's quite a complex process the intellectual property has been me keeping everything segmented so nobody really knows what the different segments are doing so that no one can steal my ideas i'm bringing it all together with the aim to look for angel investors or funding from somebody who wants to see this go nationally and there's just so many benefits to it for not only the kids but the the type of list that we build from the data that we get from the families and you know it's just it's absolutely epic and you know i really just going full steam ahead on this it's quite exciting i don't know if you can get that in my tone but this is is something i really it's i call it a passion project because i really i love working with the the kids, I love seeing kids out playing sports and, you know, making these trading cards. I'll put a video up. We're, bu- we're building a new website. I'll put a video up so you can see how excited the kids actually get when they get these trading cards. It's just, it's a frenzy of them trying to trade them with all their friends and collect their set. It's so much fun, Greg. Oh, man, that's awesome, Al. Yeah, because I remember when you told me about that concept a few years ago, I was, I was pretty excited about it too, and I haven't heard about it since. So good to see it's going to be rekindled. When do you think you'll launch? Well, I mean, we've we've still been doing them. The, the, the fact is that what I want to do is I just want to take it up 10x or 100x of what we've been doing. So this year we'll be seeking investment and implementing all the revised systems, so proving ground that they work, so we've got data and statistics to show investors, and then uh, seeking out investments so that for next year, the aim would be just to, like I said, make it absolutely epic, try and go as big as we can, as fast as we can, which is a bit scary when you look at the scale of how many kids play sports, but, (laughs) you know, I'd love every child in Australia to get trading cards with their their winter sports. All right, so the relaunch day, even though it's still going, but like the big launch is kind of next year, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, cool. Well, listener, if you, you want a good investment, speak to Al. <laughs> yeah, po- uh, send me a little message if, you, if you're looking for something exciting to sink your teeth into and drop some dollars into that will definitely make you a huge return. The profit return on this is epic. Cool, cool. Awesome. All right, love it. All right, well, we should get stuck into our topic. Yeah, so how about this? Give us an overview of what we're doing for this series and then let's, sure. let's hit part one. Yeah, all right. So it's based on the content that all of the – oh, sorry, what I heard because it wasn't – you know, I didn't go to that many events at, at the uh, Traffic and Conversion Summit. I went to probably 20 different uh, presentations from speakers and so really it was, this is just a very small snippet of what the whole event was all about. So it's really my take on what I noticed. And I wrote a lot of notes from the speakers. We'll mention the speakers because really, you know, full credit to them, it's based on their content. So we'll mention which speaker said what. But yeah, really what I've done is decided to put it into a five-part series 
into common themes throughout. So it might be a bit from this speaker, a bit from that speaker. But so this today is part one, which is big, scary shifts in marketing in 2018. And this is really based on Ryan Dice, the CEO and founder of uh, digitalmarketer.com. This is his take on the market uh, shift in marketing for 2018. Now, now you did say shifts with an F, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're not on the ball with this stuff, it would drop the F, right? So <laughs> listen uh, to what Greg has to share with us. Yeah, all well, right. I love the the title of Ryan Dice's is, you know opening keynote of the entire event, which is pretty similar to what you're talking about. He titled it "Crap." Ah, right. <laughs> Which is awesome. You just see Ryan Dyson's big word in the background on the stage, you know, on, on the screen, multiple, multiple screens with the word crap, right? So, and we touched on this, you know, a couple of weeks ago in our sort of preview of the event, you know, and it's really AI and big data is taking over the marketing space. So, technology is changing so rapidly that the majority of children today will have jobs that don't even exist yet using technology that doesn't exist yet. And this is what you know Ryan Dice said on stage. So all these tips that I'm going through here is what Ryan Dice said, but you and I are just going to give our take on on you know little bullet points. So what's your take on that, Al? Well for the firstly for the listener who doesn't necessarily know what AI and big data is, the, these are two components of the digital age that care of uh, cloud computing allows you to have your marketing systems think on your behalf. So that's the AI part. And our AI is actually built from big data. It's built from the fact that we can now not only collect huge amounts of data across multiple data points, but we can cross-reference it and get usable information. So these two things work really closely together. So I am totally, totally with this. I think there's still leaps and bounds to come in, in this market, but I think that if you're not looking at it today and working out how you can leverage it, that you are going to be behind the eight ball. I mean, I, I had a friend <laughs> had a friend of mine who is a hugely successful video editor say to me, well, it must have been about 20 years ago now, this internet is a fad, right? <laughs> it will never take off. No one's ever going to use it right? And he is hugely successful today because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of so many online factors. But this is the same thing. If you think that this is not going to happen, you will be behind the eight ball and you may not end up successful. So listen, listen carefully. Exactly. And look, it's, it'll be an iterative change. So in, in other words, like at the moment, it's just starting to come into marketing to help make the job of a marketer easier. But you know, I listen to this other podcast, Exponential Wisdom, with Dan Sullivan, Peter Diamandis, and what they're saying is this is just a start. Eventually, the big data and AI—oh, sorry, big data—will be uh, and marketers will be marketing to your AI, your personal, you know, artificial intelligence bot, essentially, right? So, in other words, your AI will get to the point where it will make decisions for you on things to buy based on all of the intelligence intelligence <laughs> that it collects from, from you, essentially. It might be, you know, something that you wear that listens to everything you say and, and everything you do and observes everything and then can make decisions. So, they're saying, for now, AI and big data is a tool for marketers, but eventually it'll take over marketing. Look, let me give you a bit of context on this. 
So there is currently an app in the US <clears throat> that connects to your credit card that also connects to certain points of sale in retail outlets, right? And the theory behind this is you walk into a shop and the app then tells the point of sale and the, sh the store attendant who you are and what your buying preferences are, right? So if you're going into a cl clothing store, it might allude to the fact that you like blue clothing and you like uh, long pants rather than short pants and you like leather jackets. So that shop attendant can more, it, so the, the, the system is putting a bit of thought into it. Obviously that's really, really, really basic. It's just going from previous purchases. But as time goes along, that data will get more and more, uh, we'll have more and more artificial intelligence input and we'll make specific suggestions and say, hey, I think this customer will really like this particular jacket. Go and show it to them. Mm, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and we'll talk about ways, you know, that as a marketer or a business owner, you can future-proof your brand to, to protect, protect against these type of things, right? So really, I mean, one, one thing you need to do these days is just stay educated, okay? And that's part of, you know, going to events and, and you know, subscribing to uh, blogs and podcasts and things like that that are industry related and even get outside of your industry as well but yeah just stay educated is one of the things that you really need to do just make sure you're on top of the latest trends and shifts in your industry absolutely absolutely yeah and that and so that means studying your competitors but surveying your customers as well i can't sort of mention enough how important that is because you know, like the you want to survey your customers that do buy, but also prospects that don't buy. Find out why they didn't buy, but yeah, find out why your customers did buy and choose you over your competitors. So, yeah, those type of things are crucially important if you want to stay on top of your game. And also, be open-minded and prepared to pivot. Right. So, for instance, like in my business, you know, I've been in business for eighteen years, and that's because we've pivoted over that time many times and made a major pivot. You know, probably about six years, five or six years ago you know from being predominantly t-shirt designer to a website design business so and now in fact one thing we're pivoting on at the moment is well we've been doing branding for a while and i've mentioned this previously but we're really amping that up this year so yeah it's just something that you have to do in business constantly be prepared to pivot absolutely i'm totally with you on that Cool, man. All right. And so, yeah, change is inevitable. In fact, it's the only thing that you can rely on. <laughs> Things are going to change, right? So, but there is another big threat and that is Amazon, right? So the threat of Amazon's market share is growing at a rapid rate. They've got the lowest prices and it's really getting harder and harder to compete with them. Amazon's net sale revenue in 2014 was $90 billion, right? And just three years later, last year in 2017, it doubled to $180 billion. So that's a rapid growth rate. If you look at the way Asia is doing their online components, so their equivalent of, of Amazon, what they're actually doing is they're tying in multiple services. So they're tying in communication like chat apps and message boards and things like that. And they're also tying in services. So I think that we just have to be careful of this whole space, right? Like it's not just Amazon. Uh, I know Amazon is kind of a trendy thing to be talking about at the moment, but I, I think, you know, we, we need to look at how online delivery and acquisition of services and products is going to change the world 
dramatically, right? So, so if you look at the Alibaba group and what they're doing in China with their uh, online systems, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole nother level to what we do in the West, right? Okay. And the West is desperately trying to learn from it. So I think there's, they're going to start implementing these kinds of things. But you know, it's it's definitely. Uh, look, I don't, I don't know whether it's a threat or just a change in mindset. So, you know, the example I give is, you know, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, if you wanted to be a successful business selling product, you had to have retail stores in one mall or multiple malls across your city, state, country, right? So maybe the dynamic is going to change. Maybe if you want to be a successful business, you actually need to be integrated into these other networks. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, it does indeed, yeah. And But look, having said that, you know, there are rumours that Amazon, you know, is using all of its providers at this point and then one day it could go vertical and not need its, its suppliers, right? So, you know, you want to... I mean, we're going to get into the, the way to future-proof your brand, but one of the things you really want to do is, is build your own asset outside of Amazon as well as be on Amazon. Look... Absolutely, right? And people are talking about Amazon doing this like it's something new, right? Like the supermarkets have been doing this for a decade, two decades, right? So they bring you in on brand names and then they have their... In-house brand. Yeah, they're in their generic brand. And what they've done is they've improved those generic brands to a level where you can't tell the difference between the brand name and the generic. They both look just as good they both offer the same products it's no longer a substandard product so look i think that's that could be true to a certain extent but a huge amount of amazon's revenue comes from everybody else selling on their platform so i don't think they're ever going to destroy that they'd be crazy to destroy that one thing they do though is they compete on price right so if you've got a you know a website and you're selling the same products that's on amazon you need to have a point of difference and give people a reason to buy from you over Amazon. You don't want people just to compete on price. Correct, correct. So competing on price is a, is a scary place to be. So that hence the build the brand, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, like right. I said, I mean, people love putting doom and gloom into a lot of these emerging markets. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that, yes, you're right, it could be a game changer, but how do you leverage that? How do you... Take advantage of that and be successful, right? Mm. And, a, and a classic example that I can think of is, you know, a, a manufacturer or a wholesaler traditionally had to rely on selling their products to somebody else to then sell their products. With capabilities like Amazon, they can sell direct. So they increase their profit margin, which means they can bring the price down and be competitive. Now, that's not very nice for the old retailer that used to have to sell it, but it's a change in the market. I mean, it's it's a fact of what's happening in today's industry and it's just about businesses positioning themselves to make the most of it. That's right. And I'll give you an example of building a brand and building a brand will beat a generic product. So think of chemists, right? So traditionally, only brands sold products in chemists. Now chemists are doing their own generic thing as well, right? And and you'll go, you know, can I buy X brand? And they'll go, sure, but why don't you have our generic brand at a third of the price or whatever the case is, you know? Or there's definitely a percentage off. It's always cheaper to buy the generic. And they are absolutely identical with the ingredients and everything that's got in it, they've got in them, but people still prefer to buy the brand because it's trusted more. 
Look, absolutely. And, and that's the importance of brand, right? Like people come to know, like, and trust the brand, they will continue to buy purely on that on that precedent. So exactly. I guess just, just work out how you fit into this new ecosystem. You bet, you bet. And look, I mean, you know, Jeff Bezos, the, the, the CEO of Amazon, says he has one simple message, and that is change is coming. But he's also here to eat up the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Ryan Dice said. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, who needs sales and marketing these days when a kid can order a dollhouse through a chat window? I mean, that's just a huge shift over the last 12 months. You couldn't do that 12 months ago. No, that's right. You know, massive shifts are, are coming in the market. So w one solution is to get out of your office and go to events like Traffic and Conversion and, and hear what the industry leaders are doing, which when you go to events like this, what you're hearing is what will be the norm in five to 10 years. Exactly, exactly. So what can you do to protect your small business, which is the majority of our listeners? So number one, so conversation is the new lead. This is what Ryan Dice says, okay? So uh, robots are already here. You know, you can use them in, in chatbots that you can buy tools like ManyChat and there's a few others out there that will set up automation. We touched on this, you know, previously, but we're going into a little bit more detail. So really, you can use it as a conversation starter, right? And it doesn't take away from the fact that you still need human interaction and, and humans uh, talking to each other and, and having face-to-face -face and all that sort of thing is unbeatable. But if you've got a cold prospect and you're just trying to work out if you're a good fit for them and, and they're a good, you know, sorry, and you're a good fit for them and they're for you, all that sort of stuff, you want to ask a few basic questions in an automated way. And you can even use it for high ticket sales items with a bot just to get the conversation started. Absolutely. And let me tell you, I believe that that human interaction, you know, is going to get less and less because these bots, these AIs are going to get smarter and smarter and smarter. For now, you can leverage them to filter your inquiries or your prospects and turn them into qualified leads. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, number one, you could just ask a question, are you A, and then insert your, you know, your market, your target audience or your avatar, right? And they just answer yes or no. And then based on that, then you could ask another question. So tell me more. What do you specialize in? So it's, you can see it's really conversational. And then based on that, you know, what brought you here today? So then you get in some sort of open-ended answers for, you know, a person to be reviewing and, and then can, you know, jump in if needed. But um, a really clever question, I thought, is what do you know about us? Because, you know, we, we may assume that they don't know anything about us or they already know quite a bit about us. So you don't want to put them through, um, let's say they know a bit about you already, you don't want to put them through a whole, you know, here's where we can help you, blah, 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 because they already know that stuff. So that's a really clever question. And then also, uh, at this point, a human might pick up after you ask this question. So, um, you know, then you ask, do you want some help with that? So you're really giving them the choice to invite you in. Nice. Yeah. Look, you know, some marketers have been doing this for a while, but it's very manual, right? Yeah. And mistakes get made because they can't, 
you know, they're, they're using keywords to trigger things and landing pages and all this sort of stuff. It's just getting easier to do. But you're right. Ask the right questions. Mm, exactly. So, and yeah, and, you know, you can segment your list based on all these things as well. And, you know, you might have different target audiences that will trigger a different response depending on what they answer. So, you know, you can get really granular with this stuff. And I just think, yeah, it's a really smart way to initiate a conversation. But yeah, humans will get involved, but they only need to get involved at the right time. So you're not, you know, as a marketer, you're not wasting time trying to get all that initial conversation started. So quite helpful as well for not just conversation, but you can use it for other forms of lead magnets, you know, anything that's going to turn a cold lead into a warm prospect. So things that Ryan Dice talked about was concentrate on values like, you know, what is your cost per conversation? He calls it CPC. And what is your uh, VPC, which is value per conversation? So I guess what he means by that is like, just think about, you know, instead of looking at your, your lifetime value of your customer or cost per click or whatever, just think about what it's worth to be able to start a real conversation with a person. You know, what's the value of that conversation? And I would say that it's a lot higher than just, you know, sending people to a, a lead magnet, for instance. Yeah, so so this is just a new take on, you know, cost per lead, cost per conversion, right? But what it's talking about is maybe more granular, like step by step. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. And it, yeah, and it, it's really like if you think about like if you can have a, a conversation with a prospect, and especially if it's more of a, a medium to high ticket item, you know, just trying to get people to engage with you and have that conversation can be quite difficult, especially if you've got a, you know, some form of lead magnet and a sales funnel and a webinar thrown in there and all sorts of things. It still might be hard to have a one-to-one and most high ticket item sales happen in a one-to-one conversation. So if you think about this automated process as a measurement of starting a conversation it's extremely i would say high value so what ryan dice is saying is you really should be valuing um, you know the cost of the conversation a lot higher because you have a far greater chance of turning that conversation into a sale yeah agreed Tick, tick, and tick. Excellent. All right. The other thing you can do is differentiate your brand. So we talked before, you know, about the importance of brand, and we're just going to elaborate on that a little bit more. So, you know, really, if you invest in your brand and invest in a well-designed brand, okay, hello, I wonder who could help you there. (laughs) And um, what you're doing essentially is, you know, giving clear communication that, you know, you are a brand and there is a hopefully a seamless transaction with every touch point across your brand and it looks congruent Um, your messaging is consistent your values are consistent and all this becomes memorable and you might even take it to a whole new level and be positioned as something that visually looks like a high ticket item because from the point of view of if we're talking about AIs doing marketing with AIs and, and all that sort of thing the thing that will never go away from from a a human perspective is having a brand that people desire, right? So think about uh, Versace or, or, you know, Ferrari or any of these high ticket brands. People don't really care how much they cost. They want them because it appeals to, you know, their status essentially, which I think we touched on a few weeks ago as well. But that's something you can do to differentiate yourself, position yourself above your competitors. You know, everybody... 
you know, deep down had a, has a desire to be that that premium brand, right? But you've got to decide, is that what your brand stands for? You know, you might not be that exclusive, That's right. you know, high-ticket brand. What you might be is the mo- most robust brand or the most creative brand or the most informative brand yes. or the brand that has... Yeah, personalized service. So I think it's a great example that you use as far as, you know, trying to uh, differentiate your brand. But let's let's just be super clear because I I, I get this all the time. Oh, we want to be Apple or we want to be Ferrari. We want to be this. We want to be that. Well, you can't because Ferrari is Ferrari, right? And Coke is Coke. So who do you want to be? And, and get that to represent in your brand and scream it from the rooftops, right? So differentiating your brand is definitely a high priority item in today's market because otherwise you just become another commodity. It's interesting. I was going through the one-page marketing plan book that Alan Dib, our recent guest, wrote, mm-hmm. right? And he reminded me of a really, really good point, which is, you know, when you have a solid brand – that governs your pricing, right? So a lot of people have their pricing structure of, well, this is what it costs me plus X markup and that's what I'm going to charge for it, right? But that equation goes out the window when you are a trusted brand and people know you by your brand. You can you can charge a premium and deliver better quality service. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And look, the key word is differentiate. That's, that's what we're trying to get across here. So it could be you know, like you said, you know, being the I know, the best at whatever. But the point is you want to differentiate yourself and you can do that through story, which is something that, you know, was also a recurring theme throughout the conference. And people tend not to uh, tell their story enough on their website. And, you know, really gone are the days of being another faceless website, you know, without a brand pers- personality. And it doesn't have to be your face, but you do need to have a brand personality, okay? So, but telling your story is one way to get your difference across, okay? So that story might be your history and everything that sort of led up to the point of you starting your business and, you know, why you started it and, you know, your passion is to help others, maybe because you had a similar problem to them. And those type of stories are hugely powerful. Absolutely. And it's great to be able to tell your story, but you have to have somebody to tell the story to, right? So if you know your brand, you also know your customers. Yeah, you bet. Cool. And so, yeah, just to finish on brand. So, you know, Jeff Bezos from Amazon says, your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room, which I think is awesome. So, yeah, you need, you know, if you can get your brand right, then it can be so powerful. It's probably the the best way to future-proof your business. Definitely. Cool, man. So, We have the third point, and then I think we should wrap up this uh, episode, but I'll touch on the third point, which is build a community, okay? So become the Amazon Prime for your market, right? So you need to give them a benefit to join. So he gave an example of Sportsman Guide. If you can go to sportsmanguide.com, they have 540,000 members just because they have this buyers club okay so they get discounts and and you know whatever else they get other bonuses etc for being part of the buyers club and yeah that's you know some a little business that just sells sports equipment and guns and whatnot but point is 
it's they've created a community okay so anybody or any business can create a community you just need to give them a benefit to join it can be free but it's so much more powerful and it's also an asset and gives reason to you know for people to want to buy from you when you have offers because they belong to a community that, that you've created essentially yeah so what you're doing is you're building a group of like-minded people yeah, hundred percent. Right, and and I think you got to be careful how you do this. A lot of people will do this, uh, leveraging social media, which which is not a bad way to start because you can reach so many people. But somehow you have to make them part of your asset. So you know, people have Facebook groups and they have followers on Instagram, and that's their sort of group of raving fans. A problem with that is. What happens if those platforms change their policies and maybe make it harder for businesses or more expensive for businesses to communicate with these people? So you can start with those kind of things, but you want to migrate them into your own personal, you know, connected uh, group of followers. Does that yeah. make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that is the key. I think you touched on a couple of points there. One, when you're starting off, by all means, use these platforms to build a community. But then if possible, try and create your own asset and bring them into your own asset. So your own website, your own membership site, things like that. Because it's, yeah, like you said, rules change and they do change a lot. So yeah, you want to have it outside of those platforms. Just to give you another example. So there were 6,000 people at the TNC event and 3,000 of them bought a ticket without even knowing who was going to be on stage, all based on, you know, trusting the brand and being part of the community. Yeah, that's right. So they knew that this event was coming up. They knew from past history and what people were saying that it's a great event. And regardless of who was going to be there, they were going to be there. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So and then really the aim is to build a movement. It's kind of like the the next level up from community. So what he was saying was the old business model is supply and the new business model is demand. So if you can sort of create a, a movement and and have your your community tell you what you want, that's so powerful compared to just supplying them with stuff and hoping that they buy it. Agreed. Agreed. So it's all about knowing your customers. Yeah. What they what their needs are. It's a pretty simple equation, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all logical. It, this whole thing is logical. The whole marketing thing. But yeah, when you break it down like this, there's there's so many little nuances that you need to get right to survive in a changing market. Killer. All right. So, what's the wrap up of these three points? Yeah. Well, look, I would say you know the the thing is just. I would say mainly get used to change. Change is coming, right? So just be prepared for it. And, you know, I would say invest in your brand. If you can start a community and really value conversation and, and use whatever you can to start a conversation. If it's bots, great. If it's going, you know, running events or going to events, whatever it is, just try and get conversation started because that is going to build a relationship and, you know, people are, uh, people do business with people that they know, love, and trust. And so really, one thing you want to do for your customer as a business owner is realize that your business or you are not the hero, okay? You are the guide and you need to put your customer in front and center. They are the hero. So you want to help them on their journey. Sweet. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> that's That's awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty powerful event. And, yeah, that was mainly based on Ryan Dice's content with a bit of Greg and Al thrown in. Awesome. So what have we got coming up in the next 
parts to this series. Now, we have a couple of guests coming up, listeners, so you might actually get a couple of parts of this series and then get a, a guest episode and so on, but give them a little preview of what the next parts are about, Greg. Sure. So we have uh, communication marketing that sells millions, and that's where you know a couple of speakers like Ezra Firestone, Mr. $25 million per annum e-commerce guy that you know teaches everything that he learns to me that's absolutely killer he, he just always gives away such gold in his in his content and his delivery style is just awesome uh, big fan of Ezra so and then we have marketing tools to create free traffic and then part four using automation to attract new customers and part five essential evergreen marketing principles which I left that to last because I think you know these type of things essential evergreen marketing principles are exactly that doesn't matter about these new tricks and techniques the thing that's going to get you the best results is if you follow principles that have been around for years absolutely agree and you know what ingrained in every new marketing fad are those evergreen principles so knowing those is good i'm really looking forward to the rest of this series listen i hope you are too i look forward to seeing you on the next episode and greg thank you so much because you you know, I don't think the listener realised how much effort it took to take all these notes and turn this into an episode after going and spending that time at the event. So very, very grateful for sharing. Have a great day, Greg. Have a great day, listener. You bet. Thank you. And it's my pleasure. It's fun. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.